night. So, I'm Pastor Jason, for those of you who do not know me. All right. Um, I am the children's pastor here. I always say that the Lord has called me to be the children's pastor because he knows I'm not going to grow up. Um, I'm always going to be a child at heart. So, um, tonight I want to talk to you guys um, about... Um, an identity crisis, okay? Um, and it's really funny um, how God works sometimes. He can take the simplest of things, the most unusual of things, and the more you see them, the more you look at them, he can bring a deeper meaning to it. Um, now, with me and my family, like I said, I am a children's pastor. I have three kids. Um, so, in our house, we watch a lot of cartoons. You guys like cartoons out there? Big cartoon fan? All right. Um, and it depends on what time, um, you know, it kind of depends on, on what they like at the moment, what movie just came out, um, of what we watch 24-7, seven days a week for a month at a time. Um, and, uh which you guys laugh, but it's true. I mean, I can quote quite a few, quite a few uh, Disney movies um, and sing the majority of their songs as well. Um, so, you know, the more you watch it, the more I tend to watch things. You kind of see something different. You'll catch something different um, each time you watch it. Um, my kids are really good at that. Um, a lot of Disney movies have these things called Easter eggs where they have like characters from other movies and they'll put them in the movie and, um, and they'll be like, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Um, you know, um, but one of the big um, movies that is, is very popular in my house um, today and over the past few months, I guess you could say, is Toy Story 4. I don't know if you guys have seen Toy Story 4 or not. Um, but in the wall house, it is a big staple. Um, my daughter has discovered Toy Story, and that is what we watch. Um, but the good news is there's four different movies and a bunch of shorts, so you don't have to watch the same thing over and over again, but you still watch the same thing over and over again. All right. Um, so, you know, and the more I watch that movie, the more um, you kind of look at the characters in a certain way. Um, and then God begins to reveal something to you. So, um, Jason, if you'll get ready, I want to introduce you guys uh, to a little guy we're going to be talking about tonight, um, and his name is Forky. I've got videos. So today we're going to make pencil holders. Now everyone take a cup, and we'll use the art supplies to decorate them. Hi.
I'm Forky. Nice to meet you. Well, hello, Forky. It's nice to meet you. I'm Miss Wendy. All right. So that little man is Forky. I even brought one because we have all the characters at my house. Um, so I'm going to set him right here so you guys can see him, look at him, admire him, and all that fun stuff. All right, that's Forky. And we're going to talk a little bit about Forky uh, tonight. Um, and as we get to know Forky, we realize that he has a bit of an identity crisis. He doesn't know um, who he is or what he is. Um, and I believe that there are many people in this world right now that is in the exact same place as Forky. Um, they're facing the same issues, um, and so that is, is the question I want to ask you, you all tonight, is who am I? I want you to ask yourself, who am I? Now, um, I have been asking myself this question for several weeks now, looking at four key, just looking at my life, who am I? Um, and like I said, I believe that there are many people in this world right now, um, who are asking that same question. There are probably people in this room right now asking that same question. Um, and you may say, you know what, Jason? I know exactly who I am. No one is gonna tell me any different. There's no point of even trying. That's great, because I'm gonna talk to you guys at the end, <laughs> if you guys know exactly who you are. Um, or maybe you know, you're the type of person that's like, you know what, I, I have no idea who I am. Um, People say this, people say that. The world says one thing, but I don't know personally who I am. Or maybe you're one of those people who say, you know what, I thought I knew who I was, and then all this crazy of 2020 happened. You know, um, I believe that there are many people um, in this world that find their identity. They, they claim who they are by the jobs they have. Um, if you ask some, you know, somebody, they're like, oh, I'm this, I'm this. But, you know, with that said, right now, everything happened, quarantine shut down. Many people have lost their jobs or haven't gone back to their jobs, so they're struggling to find who they are. Um, you know, other people may identify themselves or find their identity in the place in which they come from. Maybe the state they, they come from. Yeah, I'm a West Virginian, you know. Maybe that's where they find their identity. Um, or some people may find their identity in what the people say around them, like I said earlier. So, um, you know, and I, I believe that people tend to find their identities in the place where they put their hope. Or, in the world's case, in the hopeless places that they think can give them an identity. And Michaela, she's not in here, she's back there, but she actually talked about that a few weeks ago, um, about where's your hope lie, what is your hope in. Um, so, you know, where do we find the true answer of who we are? Now, I didn't say where do we find a answer of who we are, because the world is super quick to give you the answer they want you to hear. They're quick to throw a lie at you, to say one thing, um, but in order for us to find the true answer, um, you know, we, we can't trust the lies of the world. 
you know, the world is going to tell you, they're going to give you identity um, by the mistakes that you've made or by the, the sin in your life. Um, and, you know, in order to find our true identity, we have to look at the one who created us. We have to look at the creator, the master, because he has the final say of what the masterpiece is. So, we met Forky, like I said, he's right there, and, um, you know, he has the same questions, you know, and he's, he goes through um, kind of the same judgment and lies, if you will, that the world says um, in trying to discover who he is. So, if Jason, if you'll play this next clip, um, I'll show you what I mean. Road trip, road trip, vacation! <laughs> Something really weird happened. Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. Hey, it's okay. Come on out. That's it. Come on, there you go. Come on, let's get you out of there. You got this. Good, good. Everyone, I want you to meet Forky. Look how long his arms are. Trash? No, no. Toys. They're all toys. Uh, trash. No, no, no. That's the trash. These are your friends. Hello. Hey. Ah. <gasps> trash. Shh. No, no, it's okay. Trash. Woody, I have a question. Um, well, actually, not just one. I have all of them. Trash. I have all the questions. Uh, why does he want to go to the trash? Because he was made from trash. trash. Look, I know this is a little strange, but you got to trust me on this. Forky is the trash. most important toy trash. to Bonnie right now. Important? He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know, but this spork, this toy trash. is crucial to Bonnie getting adjusted to kindergarten. Woody, aren't you being a little dramatic about all this? I know this is new to everybody, but you should see how much this little guy means to Bonnie. When she started playing with him, she had the biggest smile on her face. I wish you could have seen it. Bonnie was really upset, and I swear, once she made Forky, it was a complete transformation. Uh, Woody? Just a second, Jesse. So, we all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Something happened to him. (laughs) Oh, shoots and ladders. No, 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 no. You're a toy now, Forky. Come on, stop. Stop it. Hey, no, no, no. Come on. Oh. Well, I guess I'll just babysit him till he's used to the rope. So, Forky, um, he's a bit of a firecracker. Um, but, you know, he has this mindset that because he was made of trash, he is trash. And did you catch what some of the toys said? The first thing that um, Rex said was, wow, look how big his arms are. You know? Um, And then when Woody says that he is the most important thing to Bonnie, um, the hedgehog says, but he's a spork. He's a spork. So, um, you know... He's having a hard time seeing himself as a toy, you know, as a friend. Because if you notice, Woody said, Bonnie made a friend. Not only did she make a friend, but she is, he's important. It brings her joy. So, um, you know, 
he has a hard time seeing himself as a toy because one he he's made of trash so that's what he thinks he is and then um, the others pretty much see him as trash as well he's a fork he's a sport right so you know so that's what the other toys said to him. So what, are, what is the world saying to us? What is the world saying to you? Um, so what lies have you been told? Or what lies do you believe? What lies did you believe that the world told you who you were? You know, and some of the lies that the world uh, may tell us I just kind of wrote down, wrote down a few, um, you know, the world may say, I'm a failure, I'm trash, I'm unlovable, weak, broken, worthless, um, you know, a liar, too young, too old, bad, terrible, um, a lost cause, an addict, damaged, a slave, mistake. You know, there are um, many lies that the world um, will tell you uh, so you don't find your true identity. Um, so, and if these are the only thing that you've ever been told or all that you hear, it is easy to start believing that those lies are true. Uh, and, you know, I believe that the enemy knows that if he can get you to believe these lies... Then, he, then you won't be a threat to what he's doing, to his plan. So if he, if he can convince you that you're not a slave, but you're still bound by chains, they're just loose enough to where you can't feel them, then, you know, he's got you where you want to. He's, you're no threat. So, and to kind of give you an example of that in today's world, I guess you could say, um, you know, have you ever, you know, imagine that you're going, you're talking to a friend, you're going to a job interview, you know, you decide, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to better my life. Um, and then the person that you're talking to says, ah, uh, um, I know your family. I know where you come from. Um, you know, you're never going to amount to anything, so you might as well not even bother. Um, you know, your family. I know them. They're just a bunch of drunks. They're a bunch of uh, quitters. They're liars. They're cheaters. Um, and then you begin to think that as well. Well, if that's where I come from, then that must be all I'm meant for. Um, but I believe that um, the sins of our fathers, the sins of our ancestors does not define who we are. Um, so, you know, or, or maybe you, you tell someone where you're from, and there's a lot of stereotypes about West Virginia, you know, hillbillies, inbred, you know, we're we don't wear shoes, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things that people say about West Virginia. Um, but what if you told someone where you're from and they say, well, I've never heard of anything good to come from there. 
because I've, I've heard people say that before when they talk about something. Um, you know, um, if that is all you hear are the lies, the lies begin to sound like the truth. Um, and, you know, if that's all you hear, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you try to break the cycle, the generational curses, you still, all you hear are the lies and the sins where you've been. Why not stay in them? There's no point. You know, you get, you get to where you feel like there's no way out. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. So you begin to believe that the lies that you are told are the only thing that you can be. And, you know, we're going to get back to our friend Forky. Um, Forky believed those lies. You know, he, he believed that the only thing he could be was trash. The other toys think he's just trash. He's just a sport. Um, and he gets to the point where that's what he realizes is the only thing he can be is trash. Play that video. That little voice inside me would never leave me alone if I gave up. Huh. Who do you think it is? Who? The voice inside of you. Who do you think it is? Uh, me? You know, my conscience? That part of you that tells you things? What you're really thinking? Fascinating. So your inner voice advises you. What? It's a secret mission in a charter train. Let's go. Where's Forky? Oh no, Forky. Forky! I am not a toy. I'm a spark. Be quiet. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. I'm litter! Freedom! <gasps> Ham, how far do our next stop? 5.32 miles, give or take. I can make that. I'll meet you at the RV park. Woody, hold on a minute. Woody! So Forky, you know, like I said, he, he only believes the lies. He believes that the only thing he is is trash, a spork. He says the purpose of sporks, soup, salad, maybe chili. And then he throws himself out, and then he jumps out the window of the RV and says that he's litter. That's all he's good for, right? Um, and, you know, one of the, I believe one of the hardest things about breaking away from the lies um, you know, even after Woody and them before this, if you watch the movie, you know, try to convince him that he's a toy. You know, they tell him he's a toy and all this stuff. Um, one of the hardest things um, to do to break away from the lie is after you've been told the truth is to see yourself the way God sees you. Because someone can tell you that, um, you know, that you're loved in this, but if you've never known love, how do you know what that is? Um, you know, and, and, and to look at yourself the way God sees you, um, I feel like that's kind of a challenge in itself uh, because we're, we're always our own worst critics. Um, 
And, you know, so those lies that we've been told the world wants us to hear, they became uh, a reality to us. They became what was normal. So when someone tells us this is not how God sees you, you know, it doesn't make sense really because that's not what we know. That's not what we've known. Um, And it's almost as if we have a false sense of security and peace with those lies, uh, with what the world has told us, um, because, you know, it's easier to just do what the world says. It's easier to do what the world has told us who we are than to change to see us to the way that God sees us. Um, You know, you don't have to work at it. You don't have to work at being what the world says you are or who the world says you are because of where you came from. You just do it. They already think you're, that's who you are anyway, so you don't have to try. And, and you know, that is the lie that the world is telling the, this generation coming up. I mean, watch the news. You know, just look. You know, all around us there are people who the world has been telling them lies about who they are or who, who they should be and they don't know the true identity of which God has called them to be. Um, You know, because when we begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, um, it's a process. You know, you can't just, just automatically say, oh, there it is, that's how God sees me. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) It'd be awesome if it did, wouldn't it? Like, yes, I see you put on your glasses, like, oh, Jesus glasses, there I am. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, like I said, it's a process. So even if, if you know the truth and you begin to try to get yourself back on the right path by yourself, you're going to fail. Because it's only by the power of God that we can truly be broken from those chains and free from the lies and deception that the world has put on us. So, um, you know, like I said, even though in this movie, Woody tells Forky over and over and over that he is a toy, he he is made for a purpose, he still has a hard time dealing with that. He still calls himself trash because he finds comfort in trash, because that's all he knows. And he finds comfort, um, and that's where he runs to. He finds a false sense of security in the trash. Um, and he, um, here's a conversation that kind of kind of shows us that as well. Carry me? No. Why do I have to be a toy? Because you have Bonnie's name written on the bottom of your sticks. Why do I have Bonnie's name written on the bottom of my sticks? Because she... Look, she plays with you all the time, right? Uh, yes. And who does she sleep with every night? The big, white, fluffy thing? No, not her pillow. You. Uh. All right, Forky, you have to understand how lucky you are right now. 
you're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Doing it for Bonnie. Doing this for Bonnie. And doing it for Bonnie. Okay. Like it or not, you are a toy. Maybe you don't like being one, but you are one nonetheless, which means you are going to be there for Andy when he Who's Andy? I mean Bonnie. You have to be there for Bonnie. That is your job. Well, what's your job? Well, right now, it's to make sure you do yours. Carry me? No! Who's Andy? Andy was my other kid. You had another kid? Yeah, yeah, for a long time. It was pretty great. I was a favorite toy, actually. Running the room was my job. Keeping all the toys in place. So he thought Andy's room was a planet? Wow, that is messed up. Right, that's exactly what I thought when he first showed up. <laughs> I mean, how is that not annoying? Thank you. Well, then you watch him grow up and become a full person. And then they leave. They go off and do things you'll never see. I don't get me wrong, you, you still feel good about it, but then somehow you find yourself, after all those years, sitting in a closet, just feeling... Useless? Yeah. Your purpose fulfilled? Exactly. Woody, I know what your problem is. You do? You're just like me. Trash! What is it with you and trash? It's warm. Ew. It's cozy. I guess. And safe. Like somebody's whispering in your ear, everything's gonna be okay. Forky, that's it. That's how Bonnie feels when she's with you. She does? Yes! Wait a second. You mean she thinks I'm warm? Yep. And cozy? Uh-huh. And sometimes kind of squishy? Well, that too, yes. I get it now. I'm Bonnie's trash. Yes. Wait, what? I am Bonnie's trash. No, 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 oh, not man, exactly. She must be yeah. feeling awful without me. Woody, we gotta get going. She needs me. Yeah. Wh hey, Bonnie, I'm coming. Forky, slow down. Forky. Bonnie, I'm coming. All right, so after a deep, long conversation, walking, he ends up carrying him after he says no. Um, but he realizes, you know, he obviously, he still says, you know, he, he finds that false sense of security and trash. It's warm. It's, it's soft it's you know everything's whispering it's going to be okay um and then you know that's how bonnie that's how the one that created him feels when he's he's with her when she's playing with him and so he he still says i'm bonnie's trash but he has a whole new definition of what trash is it's not something that's thrown away but it's something that's comforting it's something that's love it's he, he finds his purpose um, in, in what the Bonnie, the one who created him, created him for. Right? So, like I said, at the end of that conversation, he realizes how important he is to Bonnie, important he is to the one who created him. And, um, you know, he's more than just trash. He's more than just a recycled spork. Um, he's a toy. He's cherished. He's loved. You know. So, um, you know, do you guys remember 
what um, the other toys said about Forky in the beginning. Why don't we share those clips? Oh, man, his arms are long, and, you know, he's just a sport. But Bonnie saw him as important. He is the most important thing to Bonnie. And, um, you know, just, just like that, we are, it, it's individually, we are the most important thing to God. And he is the one who created us. So, um, you know, like everyone around you may be trying to give you a false identity of who you are, um, you know, the lies of the world, you know, but, but God is calling you to something completely different. He's calling you to something completely higher and greater than you could ever imagine. Now, um, you know, just like today, you know, the world says one thing, God is saying something else. It is the same thing that happens in Scripture. And I know you guys were thinking, he's going to stand up there and he's not even going to use the Bible. Yes, I am. I'm getting there. All right. So I um, want to show you guys a few different stories um, in Scripture where the world has said one thing about somebody, but God has said something completely different. Okay? So the first one I want to look at um, is in Judges chapter 6. Um, and it's like my all-time favorite Bible story. Um, and it is about a man named Gideon. Woo, Gideon. There he is. All right. So starting in verse 11, it says, The angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak uh, um, in Ophrah uh, that belonged to Joash the Abazarite. I don't know how to say that forgive me, um, and where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Um, then Gideon replies, but sir, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers had told us about? Um, they say that, they, that the Lord did not bring us up out of Egypt. Um, did the Lord not bring us up out of Egypt? But now he has abandoned us and put us in the hands of Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But, the Lord, but Lord, Gideon said, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all Midian, all the Midianites together. Now, the world looks at Gideon, and they see him as not only the youngest in his family, but his family is the weakest in all the land. So he is like the weakest of the weak, is basically what the world says. But when God addresses him, he calls him mighty warrior. Um, and then, you know, he goes on to um, free Israel from the bondage of the Midianites because he believed in the true identity that God had given. Um, now, 
Um, another one I want to look at is in First um, Samuel chapter 16. Um, and it is about the story of David. Now, I don't think we have time to read the whole entire story of David, so I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. Um, but um, the Lord sends Samuel um, to Bethlehem to offer a sacrifice to anoint a new king. And he says, find a man named Jesse. I'm going to anoint one of his sons. Okay. So they have the, the feast. They have the, the sacrifice. And one by one, Jesse brings his sons past Samuel. And the Lord rejects him as king. And at the very end, um, at the very end, there's no more sons and Samuel looks at Jesse and says, is, the, is this all the sons you have? And he said, there's one more, my youngest, but he is tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he gets there. So, you know, he was the youngest of Jesse's sons, and... His own father didn't see it as important enough to invite him when the prophet said, bring all your sons. So he wasn't thought of enough to be brought to the party, but God saw him as the next king and anointed him as the next king. Now, if you continue in the story of David uh, in the next chapter in 17, uh, we find the Israelites fighting the Philistines, right? Uh, it's a very, very familiar, famous Bible story, well-known, uh, one of the, one of the um, foundational Bible stories, if you will, um, where the Philistines have this giant named Goliath who comes out day after day and taunts the Israelite army, and everyone is scared. All right, so Jesse sends David to bring some food to his older brothers who are in the army. Um, and when David gets there, he, he hears what Goliath is saying, and he is appalled. He's like, how, how are you guys letting him speak about our God like that? And no one's going to do anything? Um, and so he goes to King Saul, and he says... Um, 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 he says uh, in verse 32 uh, Saul says to David let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him so here's a shepherd boy who said I'll go fight him and then Saul replies you are not, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him you are only a boy and he has been a fighting man from his youth. So there even the king says, you're too, you're too young. You're not qualified enough. Um, but with God's help, he defeats Goliath, right? Because God had called him to be more than just a shepherd. Right? So, and then... You know, another example of this is in Matthew chapter 9. Um, 
and it is uh, Matthew chapter 9, 9 through 13. And Jesus went on there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. Then Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does the teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Oh, hear this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So the religious leaders at that time only saw Matthew as a sinner, as a tax collector who did not have a good reputation. But God looked at him and said, come follow me, come be a disciple. Um, and another one, and the last example I want to give you, there's a, there's a ton of examples. Um, but the last one I want to, I want to give you um, is in Luke chapter 36. Luke, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 36, Luke chapter 7, verse 36, sorry. Um, and it says, um, now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he sat, so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was there eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair. She kissed him and poured her perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him said to him, if, you, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. That is a sinner. So one thing that really kind of makes me feel uneasy when I read these is that the ones who are identifying these people as sinners, as you know, their lifestyle, are the religious leaders who are supposed to be the ones helping them. Um, so, you know, the rest of that story, Jesus goes on to forgive her of all of her sins. Um, and, um, you know, tells her that your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So when the world sees one thing, God sees the complete opposite because God is the one who created you, right? Um, now, you know, we've, we've looked at, at the lies that the world have said, and we look at some examples of how the world says one thing and God says the other in the Bible. Now, what, what is God saying about you? How does God see you? Um, and um, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, now this verse speaks to me and says that if anyone knows who I am, it's God. He knows me because he knew me before 
he made me. Right? Um, and not only did he know me before he made me, but he made me with a purpose. Um, and, you know, not only did he, so he made you with a purpose, he makes you with a plan. And Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So, God knows you better than you know yourself. Um, it's a little scary if you think about it. Because um, there's a lot of stuff about myself that I know that you guys don't. You know, we know ourselves more than the people around us. Like I said earlier, we're our own worst critics. You know, we know the thoughts that go through our heads. We know this, we know that. But God knows us better. He knows where you're at, but he also knows your purpose and where he wants to take you. Um... So if we're ever to find our true identity, we have to look at the master, and he has the final say on what his masterpiece truly is. Um, You know, the world can say whatever it wants to about us, but it's a lie. Because what God says about us is the final say. Now, let me give you an example of that. If a potter creates a big bowl, okay? He spins it, he molds it, he spends time crafting this big bowl, and then someone buys it. And then the person that buys it decides, man, that would be a really good planter, I want to put a plant in it. Just because that person uses it as a planter doesn't change the fact that its purpose is a bowl. And it's the same with us. Just because the world says one thing does not change the fact that God has called us to a higher purpose. Um, You know, and, you know, just because the world may say you're a slave does not change the fact that God has set you free. Um, Or if the world calls you weak, it doesn't change the fact that God says you're strong. You know, so like I said, at the beginning, I asked this question, who am I? I asked you to ask yourself, who am I? And the truth about who I am or who we are is found in what God says about us. You know, and as we, and you know, as I was, you know, looking, looking through this, studying this, you know, I began to write down verses of what God said I am, who God says we are. Now, I wrote down a whole lot. Um, So I'm just going to name a few. I'm not going to read the whole verses, but I'm just going to read the characteristics characteristics that God says we are in those verses. Um, A few of them. In Genesis Genesis 1, chapter 27, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, um, God says we're created in his image. Psalms 118, 26 says that I'm blessed. John 3.16 shows that I'm loved. Isaiah 43 verse 4 
He says, I'm precious. Deuteronomy 14.2, Jeremiah 1.5, and Hebrews 10.10 says that I'm set apart for him. Exodus 19.5 says that I'm a treasured possession. Deuteronomy 7.6 says that I'm God's prized possession. John 15.15, God calls me his friend. Romans 8.1 says I'm forgiven. Romans 8.37 says I'm more than a conqueror. Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 7, says that I am chosen, I'm holy, and I'm forgiven. Galatians 3, 13 says that I am redeemed. Joshua 1, 9 says I'm strong and courageous. Ephesians 2, 10 says that I am God's masterpiece. And he's still working on me. Galatians 4, 6 through 7 says, I'm no longer a slave, but I'm a son and an heir to God's throne. And, Matthew, and the last one is that I wrote on here. There was so many more um, that I had written down. Is Matthew 5, 14. God calls us the light of the world. Um, now, like I said, there are many other verses in Scripture that tells us who we are in Christ and what he says we are. Um, and, you know, those are the truths that we need to keep on our hearts and in our minds when the world tries to throw its lies at us. Um, when the world tries to tell you who you are, you can say no. When the world says that you're bound in your sin, you can say, no, in Galatians, God says, I'm no longer a slave. Um, you know, in order for us to truly know who we are, we must first know who he is. And in order to do that, we have to get closer to him. We have to build that relationship by reading his word and learning what he says about us. Um, now the, the last, the last video clip I want to show you guys, um, just, a, just a small st snippet of it, um, I want you to kind of pay attention to it, and then, because it comes with a challenge, um, as, as I close, so... We'll, we'll just be stuck in an RV. He can't get far. I got this. I got it. I can't let you. I can't let you. I can't let you fool yourself away. I can't let you, 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 I can't let
Jay-Z It's a long song. Um, but the words of that song, it says, I won't let you throw yourself away. And, you know, I want to challenge the ones who are in here today that says, I firmly know my true identity in Christ. Okay? I want to challenge you guys today. So there are people in this world right now just like Forky that has never heard the truth about who they are. And there are people, also people, who have maybe heard it in passing about who they are, but they've never truly believed that's how God sees them. You know, their whole life, all they've been told are the lies that the world wants them to hear. Um, they have no idea that they're loved. They have no idea that they're forgiven, that they're a friend, that they're precious. They have no idea that they're worth fighting for. Um, all that they have been told is that they're broken, they're worthless, they're trash, and they're a lost cause. You know, we need, as Christians, we need to ask God to help us to see people through his eyes. To see people the way that he made them to be, not the sin that they're in. We need to be able to look and not be like the Pharisees in those Bible stories and call them by their sin, but look at them and call them loved. You know, call them friend. Let someone know that, you know what, to God, you're a prized possession. And it's going to shock them because they've never heard it before. You know, all that they have heard all that they've been called is the mistake that they've made or the mistake that their family has made in the past that the world defines them as. So my challenge for you this evening is to be like Woody in that last clip. Okay? The song is, I, I can't let you throw yourself away. My challenge is for you to do whatever it takes to keep the lost and the misled from believing the lies that have been thrown their way their whole life. Because in that last clip, Forky is very persistent on getting to the trash. And Woody does whatever he absolutely can to stop him. Because he, he knows that he has a purpose. He knows what Bonnie created him for. And, you know, in the clip, you know, before they walk in, Forky jumps out of a window because he says, all I can be is trash. I'm litter. And Woody jumps right after him. So I challenge you guys, ask yourself, Are you willing to jump after him? To do whatever it takes to keep someone from believing the lies and throwing themselves away. You know, this world's dark. 
is full of sin. That last verse in Matthew chapter 5 I read said, God calls us the light of the world. I challenge you to be the light that God has called you to be. So, I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know if you're that person that knows who they are in Christ. You know, maybe you're the person who's looking and saying, you know what, I didn't, but I think I do now. Or, this is the first time I've ever heard this. I never knew I was precious. Um, you know, I asked Anthony to sing a song um, that has been on my heart for a while. And it goes exactly along with this. So as he sings this, these altars are open. Um, if you want to throw the lies that the world has told you down, you just want to spend time with the master and figure out what his purpose is for you. I don't know, wherever you're at. Or just let these words that Anthony sings just wash over you.